I don't have a whole lot of talks recorded, and as a training teacher, my teachers want to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> Which means I probably won't cuss a whole lot today. Well, we want to hear what you're saying, too. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this, um, this statement, meditate and destroy that um, has come up in me and in uh, some, some of my teachers. And I wanted to bring a little clarity to that for people who may not kind of understand what that means, meditate and destroy. Uh, really what, um, what we're talking about is meditate and destroy greed, hatred, and delusion. that um, we must rebel against the conditions of our mind. And in this rebellion, um, we're rebelling against greed, hatred, and delusion. Uh, From the Buddhist perspective, greed, hatred, and delusion are are the root cause of all suffering. Um, And that we need to uproot um, these conditions, these tendencies actually, of the mind. Uh, the idea is that we're all born into this world with these tendencies of greed, hatred, and delusion based on uh, this, condi- this conditioned world and our kind of past, um, you know, you want to call it karmic momentum or, you know, there's many different ways to look at it, but past actions in other lives would be a multiple in a multiple life scheme but really what's our work to do here is to uproot greed hatred and delusion and you know some of the ways I think about doing this is to rebel against the going with the flow mentality of kind of corporate America this is really we're really kind of confronted every time we turn on the TV or the radio or go see a movie with greed you know, it's, it's a huge part of living in, living in the United States, right? And in some ways, uh, this country is completely founded on greed, hatred, and delusion, you know, from the very first kind of settlers. So really, we've got a lot of work to do. And it's not just, you know, the, the United States. I mean, it's definitely, you know, from the Buddhist perspective, it's this conditioned world. This plane of existence. So we're rebelling against this kind of go-with-the-flow mentality. The idea that um, consuming goods will make us happy. Right? I just bought an iPhone recently and I had all this whole like attachment and aversion and all this stuff kind of coming up. And I really worked with it as a practice. Um, and I think in you know 2008, uh, uh, from this perspective... Um, it's it's kind of like how do we work with the progress of our lives uh, and the kind of uh, culture using these you know two thousand five hundred year old two thousand five hundred and fifty year old principles ideas of freeing our lives from suffering. So the Buddha talked again and again how the roots of suffering being you know, greed, hatred, and delusion need to be fully uprooted to find true happiness 
This is happiness in um, happiness in what is, not in what could be. So this is part of the, the work that needs to be done. So I wanted to look a little bit at how, kind of how we can do this in our daily lives, how we can build an intolerance to our own uh, tendency for greed, hatred, and, and, and some would even say ignorance, right? Ignorance and delusion, that they're really kind of working together. I'll get a little bit more into that. So greed can also be, you know, called the wanting mind, you know, the mind's obsession with, with things or, or with desire. Um, not to say that all desire is bad, and the Buddha and the Buddha in his teachings was really clear that not all desire is bad. That there is skillful and wholesome uh, desire, like such as wanting to, you know, be happy and have. You know, a certain kind of calm or ease in life. That they're, they're, that's considered a wholesome or skillful desire. Um, and some of the ways in which we go about trying to make that happen uh, causes suffering. Um, and I actually, in, you know, a lot of you know, I, I work with young people, and I've worked where I work with drug addiction, uh, drug addiction a lot. And, and you know, I've never met anyone uh, who wasn't trying to be happy. In their life, they had some pretty unskillful way of robbing, stealing, killing. But they were ultimately were trying to be happy, trying to find happiness, and they were pretty unskillful in their way. So that's one aspect, right? The wanting mind, the dissatisfaction. So the Buddha talked about, um, in, in Pali, there was this teaching, or this word called uh, kilesa, which means torment of the mind. Right? And this is uh, kind of what the Buddha talked about as, an, as the umbrella um, term in Pali, to mean craving, attachment, aversion, miserliness. Um, what else did he give? Yet greed, anger, arrogance, envy... Dishonesty, violence, pride, and conceit, all being the torments of the mind, kilesa, the cause in various forms. Yeah. What's conceit? Conceit is like I'm so. It's like self-centeredness. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, like conceited. Yeah. Right. right. And there's actually another word for conceit specifically called mana, and mana is this whole other like judging mind. And I think maybe you were here a few weeks ago when I was talking about. That. The judging mind, which is part of this idea of conceit. So, fortunately, um, the Buddha would identify the problem and then give a solution. Really helpful. And uh, the solution he gave, he gave to uproot greed, hatred, and uh, ignorance or delusion, are their, you know, kind of their counterbalances. Generosity, right? this idea of dhamma. Loving kindness, this idea of metta, and wisdom, right? or knowledge even. But really wisdom and practice, uh, what, what we call vipassana, insight meditation, is kind of along that line. It's a wisdom practice. So the Buddha was really clear, actually, that uh, in, as a way to uh, counter-attack greed, hatred, and delusion, 
that we need to cultivate uh, this act of generosity, right? Dhamma. We talk about it all the time around here. I'll talk about it a little bit more in, the few, in, in a few minutes. Um, this loving kindness, this metta. And then developing wisdom right? through the Dharma. So this was, uh, this was the Buddha's prescription. The medicine, if you so choose to take it. Which, you know, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. The more we do, the more I think, and the more I see um, relief of suffering in my life. I mean, really, truly, have experience. Uh, and so the Buddha was really pretty clear about, in the, you know, in the teaching, um, about generosity. And that he really kind of talked about there's three ways in which we can be generous. We can be kind of uh, generous out of scarcity, right? Uh, kind of beggarly generous. Which is kind of, uh, the Buddha described like giving with one hand while kind of clutching onto what we really hold in the back, like behind our back. So this kind of uh, giving from scarcity, um, and I've done that, you know. The, but this idea of of of, uh, of giving, and then not really sure if we should have given at all, and if we gave, whether we gave too much. Like this is really what the Buddha kind of talked about. It's actually giving with greed attached, right? So then there's the second quality, um, this kind of what's called friendly giving that the Buddha described. As, um, as giving uh, what we have, what we can spare, um, but with a kind of an open heart. And then the third being what, what, what the Buddha described as kingly giving, which is giving the best of what we have, uh, the most of what we have, out of graciousness, not out of duty, but out of graciousness and, uh, and a real desire uh, to give. Giving for the sake of giving. So this was the Buddha's prescription. And he actually said, like, you know, if you are giving, um, well, I don't know if he actually said. It is said that uh, in the teachings, this, that, 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 uh, this beggarly giving really creates more scarcity, creates more greed. Uh, that this friendly giving is, is, is a way to really let go of, of, uh, of greed. Um, and then to fully uh, kind of let go of what might happen in, if we give completely with a whole heart um, was the Buddhist prescription for for greed, you know. And so, what I think about is this idea of how do we work with that in our daily in our daily lives, you know? It's just for me, it's about bringing awareness. I love this practice because it's so much about bringing awareness to whatever we're doing. You know, and we have multiple opportunities every day to, to find some way of being generous, you know. And not to judge, oh, I was so beggarly in my scarcity, in my giving. But really just acknowledge what's true. Just like when our mind wandered off because the dog was barking or the beetles were playing or whatever, acknowledging and coming back to what's really going on here. What am I aware of in my body? What am I aware of in my breath? So this is kind of the teaching of generosity and how we can work with it on a regular basis. So metta, right? Loving kindness. So this is a practice that when I first learned it, I had a really hard time. 
um, really hard time of descending loving thoughts to others, good wishes, goodwill, and then also to myself, to my own heart. So it was really difficult for me. Um, but because teachers continue to say there actually is great benefit from this teaching, and um, I had had a few teachers come up and say, well, you know, if, if it didn't have great benefit, the Buddha probably wouldn't have taught it as such a strong teaching. So maybe give it a shot. And I was like, all right. So I did. And actually there were a few times in my life where, um, you know, I was really resentful. I've been... I'm a pretty, uh, have been pretty angry, kind of resentful person, um, and uh, aversive in quite a number of places in my life. And this practice of, of metta, of sending love and kindness uh, to myself for my own judgment and hatred of myself and to others, uh, that, that really I, I began to see that it was really just causing separation, which was causing more suffering, causing more pain. Um, and the, the 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 other thing about the teaching of metta, right? And uh, I don't know if this is talked about a whole lot, but really, metta and vipassana meditation is different teachings, right? But they're often put right together. But they really work with each other because in vipassana, we're learning to kind of disengage with the the busyness of our thoughts and really just be with what's present, right? And then in loving kindness meditation, I mean that's that's the short version, right? You know, we're 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 seeing the, the you know the passing parade of our of our mind in Vipassana and being able to not be enter, entertain all of them, you know, and then uh, and really kind of stay with what's happening uh, in the body, in the breath. And then the other piece is um, that loving kindness is actually re-engaging with the conceptual mind, re-engaging with our thoughts, but doing so in a way that's reshaping our minds, our intentions, our investigation of our own thoughts. And we're, re- we're, we're uh, re-engaging with this kind of loving kindness, with this uh, wishing well. And, 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 uh, and from the Buddhist perspective and working with loving kindness and Vipassana, we're, we're, we're changing our tendencies. So where I find myself being aversive or angry, um, I would often come into, uh, uh, you know, a, a, just a loving kindness, just an acceptance and a loving kindness of whatever's happening, and then you know maybe look outward. But usually it's inward first. The Buddha was really clear in saying that um, there's no uh, there's no one more worthy of your own loving kindness than yourself. And really, we've got, to, we've got to continually look inward. So, so this is a little bit about the, the, the way that we counterattack uh, uh, hatred. So the last, and the biggest, really. Some would actually say the only is delusion. Right? This idea of having a deluded mind, right? Ignorance. I think about ignorance... Um, Well, I think about ignorance in a lot of ways. Really, I see it as the, the the ultimate separation. Like this teaching of anatta, right? Is that anatta meaning that there's no self. There's no separation, really. That we're kind of all really interconnected. And that and that the more that we try to separate ourselves, 
um, the more that we kind of feed into this delusion, I think of racism as a really huge example of this. Right? This belief system that one, you know, uh, color, race, people, species, I mean, it's not even about species, but there is that also. Right? Like animals are somehow not as uh, alive. You know? So it's okay to abuse them. Right? Or the same thing, you know, with people of different cultures or whatever. It's just all about separation, and so much of it is about delusion, about believing uh, some maybe false knowledge, you know. And uh, I think that the Buddha and the Buddhist teaching, the Dharma, uh, points really clearly to like this is all bullshit. Like, don't believe the hype, you know. Uh, that the more that we buy into delusion, um, the more that we are going to be, well, we're going to suffer, but we're going to be kind of uh, in, in, a, in a deluded way of thinking. You know, we're going to be, become and continue to be ignorant. So the Buddha continued to um, talk about how, how this practice of meditation, of sitting with the difficulty of the mind and thoughts and emotion, seeing clearly the separation and then being able to do something about it, right? Seeing clearly the suffering, the first noble truth. There is suffering in this world. Pay attention to it because it's your way out. That if we're not seeing it, then we're, we're all, oh, I'm happy and everything's great. But that's not true. Like there is pain. There is suffering. And by acknowledging it, then we can come out of that delusion and begin to look at, well, okay, what does real happiness mean? And for me, this this comes through meditation practice, this comes through studying, this comes through gaining knowledge. Uh, For me, knowledge of the Dharma. Um, And then practice, which brings up the insight. Because knowledge by itself, I read a bunch of books and none of them made any sense. I really started practicing meditation. Um, and I'm so grateful that uh, the Buddha laid it out that way. You know, that this wasn't a written down uh, prescription, but this was a prescription of doing. That there needs to be effort to uproot these greed, hatred, and delusion. So looking at practice and looking at, you know, now we have the benefit of, of, of knowledge, you know. Uh, we can we can have scholarly study, which I've begun to do a little of. Sometimes it just confuses me more, but you know I think it allows me to be con- convey the Dharma better. So these ideas of of uh, coming out of greed, hatred, and delusion by using generosity, by using uh, loving kindness. Practice of metta, or the, all of the Brahma Viharas, really, all of the sublime states are really going to work with at different aspects of, of hatred. And then delusion, right? Coming out of delusion, ultimately uh, uh, not seeing the separation, the differences that our, our judging mind wants to put in the way. And then gaining knowledge and gaining practice. This is our goal, right? This is our task. If we so choose to take it. And it's difficult, you know, it's like 100% all the time. 
I don't know, that's really hard. I mean, I've even seen, I've been in monasteries and seen monks not 100% all the time being on it, you know. But we do what we can as often as we can. I think that's, you know, and, and I think the, the benefit for me that comes from that is why I continue to practice, you know. So, this mind training, the Buddha gave as a tactical offense to battle the roots of suffering. And my friend Noah Levine gave us this battle cry of meditate and destroy. So I, you know, I, I wish you the same. Like, let's, let's all do this. Let's meditate and let's destroy the attitudes and the, of, and the tendencies of greed, hatred, and delusion so that we can live in a more uh, generous, kind-hearted, and uh, wisdom-based life. That's what I want. So thank you for your time and your attention. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have in the short time we have left. So, any, is there any questions or, or comments, thoughts? Please. Thanks. That was a, an excellent and provocative talk. Um, and I, Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.